uh, finished up verse number 7 last week and uh, talked about that amazing little thought. When we please God with our life, even our enemies, uh, make peace with us. We can be at peace with them. And uh, I want to please God with my life. I trust that you want to do the same. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 8 is where we launch tonight. And hope you got your Bible. Hope you got something to write with. And follow along and write some of these things down uh, as we as we study the Word of God. Father, I love you tonight. I thank you so much, Lord. My, my heart is warmed uh, from seeing some of our young people in the last day or two, and one in particular. Uh, but, Lord, we are so grateful for uh, adults in this room who once sat as young people in these pews or uh, chairs uh, in the little classrooms or the pews across the road in the old auditorium, and now here they are with their families and learning, Lord, another generation, learning these incredibly important spiritual principles from your word. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that you would raise up yet another generation of young people, Lord, who know and love the truth of God's word and take the Proverbs to heart and, uh, and live by them. Give me wisdom and power now to communicate your truth effectively tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new to us tonight, we've been for many weeks now studying verse by verse through the book of Proverbs. And to me, it's incredibly enjoyable. And I trust you are still enjoying it because I'm still enjoying teaching it. And uh, I'm excited for what we have tonight. Verse number eight. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without Right. The word revenue there means income. And so the Bible says better is a little with righteousness, a little income, if you will, than great revenues without right. You know, there's several verses in the Bible you'll find that are similar to other verses and have these uh, truths that get repeated in different ways. And uh, uh, repetition is one of the great keys to learning. And uh, so here we find another verse very similar to others that we've read already, but let me give it to you in a short sentence. Value right over revenue. Value right over revenue. Value right over revenue. Young people, listen to me. Your integrity, your character, your decency, your honor is more valuable than a dollar bill. It's more valuable than a raise. There's several good lessons. Here's one of them. Righteousness is a treasure all in its own. That's tucked in this verse. Uh, uh, Better is a little with righteousness. Righteousness is a treasure all... Listen, there is no reward like the reward of knowing you've done the right thing. By the way, there's no peace like the peace of knowing you did the right thing. You know why a lot of people, listen, we're a nervous nation. We're a nervous nation. People can't sleep. We've got to get, we got to take something to pick us up. Then we've got to take something to put us back down so we can rest at night. Let me tell you something. I, 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 I'm not, the best, the best sleep aid you'll ever have is a clean conscience. Yeah. Righteousness is a treasure all its own. People who compromise right for personal gain, listen to this statement, will end up loathing the gain. People who compromise right 
for personal gain will end up loathing the gain. It's a sad thing when you can't enjoy the nice things you have because you got them illegitimately. Yeah. Now let me tell you something. You believe God. Believe God's word. Young know, people, make up your mind. Make an honest living. Make the kind of living you don't have to be ashamed of. Make an honest living. Don't ever get involved in a living that is... Uh, uh, don't, don't ever get involved in making money off of someone's sin. And by the way, it is a sin to contaminate your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't you ever make a dime. I heard the guy got saved. And, uh, and man, he got on fire for the Lord. He figured out he's supposed to be dedicated to the Lord and so forth like that. And he worked at a, worked at a little, uh, convenience store. And a man came in and said, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take some Salem. He said, he said, I, I want a pack of Salem's. Is that a cigarette? Salem, is that a cigarette? Salem's. I knew Brother Helms went up. Uh, I'll take a pack of Salem's. And the man said, I can't, I, I, I can't do that. He said, we don't buy. He said, I buy from you all the time. He said, I know. He said, but I, I got saved. He said, what's that do anything with me? And he said, I can't, I can't do that. I'm a Christian now. And man, finally, man got frustrated, slapped a $5 bill or something on there, walked around the counter, got it sent in, and walked out. And his boss found out. He said, what are you doing? He said, I can't do that anymore. And uh, it's wonderful. His boss actually worked something out. He was a good employee, worked it out. But hey, you know what? Listen. If you're going to make a living, make an honest living. Amen? Make an honest living. Um, here's another lesson in here. Better is a little with righteousness. Bigger and better is not always better. Bigger and better is not always better. A modest income and a modest home with righteousness in that home makes for a far better life than a big fat salary made by questionable means. You hear me? Listen, young people, listen to me. The world has sold us a bill of goods that a bigger this, a better that, a faster whatever is going to make you happy. And it does not. It Listen, I want to be in love with my... Listen, we're in love. In fact, we're more in love right now than we've ever been at 30 years. Is that a true statement? Okay, she agrees with me. That's a good thing. That's why I feel, and I truly believe that's the way she feels. We're more in love with each other. I, look, I, things are not, young people, listen to me. Things, not going, they're, things won't make you happy. Now, it's nothing wrong with having nice things, but things won't make you happy. I remember Dr. Williams, he's buried two wives. I remember one time, very tender moment, he said to me, he said, Pastor, he said, a new car doesn't mean anything. A new house means nothing. If you don't have somebody to share it with. And here's the sad thing. A lot of people will sacrifice that which is most valuable to get something. And while they're chasing that something and they finally get it, by the time they get it, they lost the whole purpose for getting it in the first place. That's kind of foolish, don't you think? Yeah. Bigger and better is not always better. You listen, listen. Here's a funny thing. You know, one one time people get themselves in financial trouble when they get a lot more money. 
people start off disciplined, you know, with modest income and the discipline, discipline, because they have to be disciplined. And then they get a windfall or maybe they get a big raise or something. Say, oh, good, man. We know they're just put loose and fancy free. And pretty soon they're in more trouble. They got more money they ever had. They're in more trouble than they were when they had to be disciplined. And, uh, and, uh, and so, so, so you, you don't, you listen, I, however, God, God blesses us in many ways. And, and, and there is a danger in equating the blessings of God to all things material. Okay. There's much greater blessings than material blessings, but that's one of the, the ways that God blesses. There's no doubt about that. And I'm thankful for that. But, but, but young people, listen, you don't have to have that in order to have a sweet, happy home and a blessed life. You don't have to have that. The mafia generates revenue. Of course, you might wind up under a concrete slap like Jimmy Hoffa, but there are ways to make money illegitimately. Politics seems to pay quite well for some, especially if you're willing to sell your soul to the globalists and the communists. The moment you and I have to compromise our integrity to make a sale, strike a deal, or get a promotion is the moment we forfeited the reward of righteousness. You see, the reward of righteousness is, is you can't put it in a bottle and you can't buy it with a dollar bill. It's called peace. It's called integrity. It's called uh, a good name. It's called self-respect. It's called a clean conscience. If you and I are required to be the least bit dishonest to make a living, then it's time to quit that way of making a living and go make an honest living. Amen? Yeah, listen, don't you be a part of us. Don't you say, you say, I'll lose my job and, and maintain your self-respect. Yeah. Uh, be honest. You and I, you say, well, if I, if I don't, I, you know, I, my, where I work, Pastor, you kind of have to go along with, you know, you can't get ahead if you don't, you know, if you, if you don't like kind of skew the numbers a little bit, you know, or kind of fudge a little bit. Is that right? Is that true? Why don't you ask Daniel about that? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego about that. And ask Joseph about that. It seemed like they got ahead pretty good, didn't they? Right. Yes, sir. How? By compromising? No, by not compromising. You will always be better off if you do the right thing. Amen? Listen, here's the sad thing. We're teaching. Lying is just, it's not even hardly socially unacceptable anymore. One of our our members of SUB retired from, from teaching and substitute teaching about a year or so ago, I guess. And, um. And it was like six weeks, if I remember right. And after the first day or two, they were ready to quit because kids cussing them, not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. And they were ready to be done, except the fact that the person they were subbing for was somebody they loved very much and had invested in. And so for the sake of the teacher that was out, they decided to stay through. But in the course of that, uh, our member learned that... uh, they were not allowed to give anybody in the classroom less than a 50%. They could put their name on a blank piece of paper and turn it in, and they got a 50%. They were not allowed to fail anybody. Let me tell you something. That, that's so dishonest. That's so dishonest. 
No wonder we have trouble. <laughs> Kids, better for you to have a D, honestly, than to get great grades without right. Personal debt has driven many, many out of the home. You know what we need to be reminded? Ladies, can I say this? Everybody put your feelings away. Can I remind us the Bible still says keepers at home? Now, I understand your situation may be such as a pastor. I would love to do that, but I can't do that. All right? That's one thing. But saying, I, 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 and I'm talking especially about if you've got kids at home and you... And you're trying to raise your kids, especially at that stage of life. But to do, but but to go to leave the home and leave the kids in someone else's custody when you don't have to, when you just want to have a nicer house and an extra car, something like that. Let me tell you something. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's against the Bible. Everybody okay? Yeah, it still said it. Keepers at home. And here's the sad thing: is a lot of people sacrifice that. So they can have nicer stuff. Look, don't you want to influence? How much precious? How precious is that time? Lo, children are an heritage of the of the womb, and the fruit of the womb uh, are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Now I'm talking to young people. Listen, I'm talking to all you young men in the room right now. Okay, that man right there on the second row told me when I was a teenager. He said, son, let me give you some advice. He said, as long as you live, build your family budget on your income alone. So I just, I thought, okay, that makes sense. That's what he told me to do. So that's what I did. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Look, young men, listen to me very carefully. Better for you to live a more modest life. And if the Lord blesses you with children and, and your wife can be the primary influence during the day of those children, listen, that, well, how do you put a price tag on that? Y'all, you know, everybody used to believe what I'm saying, and I didn't. Anybody say, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, I'm trying to help all, all of us. Amen? Now, sometimes you get, I remember when, uh, one time a couple come to me and said, Pastor, we want to, we're going to, we, we feel like this is what God wants to do, but we can't. And I think it took, if I remember correctly, it took about a year and a half. And I remember they came back and said, Pastor, we, we got ourselves in this position and we're going to be able to do this. And they were able to be home and invest in the kids. Now that's great. You can't fix everything overnight. I understand that. But I'm, listen, what I'm trying to say to the young people, to all of us, is don't buy into this mindset the world has. Listen, the world, the world has, has demeaned motherhood and child rearing and it's it's godless and it's a shame there is nothing greater young girls listen to me there's nothing greater that you can do than to be a helper to a man and help him rear those children for the glory of God amen now I understand nobody's life goes exactly the way you want it to or plan it to I understand that and sometimes in life we 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 do things that we didn't necessarily think we were going to do. I understand all that. I'm not saying you're a heathen if you're in a different situation tonight, but I am saying we should not forget the biblical plan. And mo- listen, much of the problem with divorce, fi- first marriages. This is the record. This is the record. 
uh, as of 2022. First marriage is 50% in divorce. Second marriage is 60% divorce rate. Third or more, 70% divorce rate. And the only reason it's that low is because people don't even get married anymore. If you were to put in those numbers all the people that shack up with each other and then split up, it would be astronomically higher than that. So what I'm saying is this. A lot of those folks are doing exactly what this verse speaks against. They're out chasing whatever, a nicer car or a new car, whatever, a bigger house, whatever. And at the expense of home, of the family unit. And what does the verse say? Look at the verse again. Better is a little. Bigger is not always better. More is not always better. Everybody understand this tonight? Amen. I feel a little deserted up here. Like I'm on an island by myself a little bit. Uh, by the way, let me say one more thing. Listen, let me say one more thing. You young ladies especially, listen to me carefully. And young men too. But young men, young ladies, especially that God, you feel like God has called you into ministry. Now listen, listen. You start your life in ministry with this mindset. We don't need much. We don't need much. We don't need much. You want, you want to be used of God. You willing to live with your wife and four children in a 12 or 13 foot room so you can establish an independent fundamental Baptist church on an Indian reservation. You willing to do that? That's humbling, isn't it? That's humbling. But you talk about integrity. Now there's some folks with integrity. Amen? Amen. We better move on here. Verse number 9. A man's heart... Deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. A man's heart devised, devised means to plan or scheme, and scheme sort of has more of a negative term. Devise here is not necessarily negative, but it means to think through, plan out, and so forth. So a man's heart deviseth, he plans his way, but the Lord directeth his step. Here's a simple statement let God direct your life. Let God direct your life. Let God direct your life. Make good plans, but trust God to direct your life step by step. Do you, do you believe tonight that God directs our steps? Do you believe that? Say amen. Can you trust God then to direct your life when it takes an unexpected turn? Have you say, Pastor, I know about those unexpected turns. Life, sometimes it'll take a jerk to the left, a jerk to the right, and you didn't see something coming. And you thought, I never thought I'd be here. I never thought I'd be in this position. But can you trust God to direct your steps even when life makes unexpected turns? Now, there's two extremes here. And let me, I won't spend a lot of time on this. And this, is not, this will be a little dry, okay? I just confess this to you. I'm be extremely practical. And I hope you won't just uh, brush this off. Uh, because this is something I had to learn. I had to develop in my own life. And quite frankly, I think I'd have been a lot more productive if I had learned it sooner than I did in my life. But there's two extremes and two dangers, and that is uh, the guy who doesn't devise anything. He just flies by the seat of his pants his whole life. He fancies himself carefree and uh, free-spirited, and he's disorganized, 
And uh, he don't know where he's going, what's up or down or backwards. You know, he's just having a good time. That's one extreme. And then there's the other person. So that's the guy, that's the man with no planning whatsoever. And then there's a person with no flexibility whatsoever. The person who's, who plans nothing uh, frustrates everybody around him. <laughs> and he's not productive and will never reach his potential. I think it was Dr. Vogel who said, you might know this, proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Is that what he says? Okay. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's a tongue tangler. Proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Amen. So, hey, listen. Uh, uh, teachers, of course. And we, our teachers don't need correcting. But anyway, as a reminder, teachers and students, when you go to class unprepared, you're robbing the entire class of valuable time. And that is dishonest and unfair. I forget my notebook. Tie a notebook around your neck and sleep with it and go to class prepared tomorrow. Amen? Don't waste everybody else's time in that class. It's not just your time. It's the rest of the class's time. Look, look at me. Kids, listen to me. It is a form of brazen rebellion when you look at your teacher with a dumb look like you have no clue what she just asked the entire class to do and everybody's doing it except you with your dumb look. You are a rebel. And you are dishonest and you're a thief. And you are wasting God's resources that he gave us and time from your teacher and from your fellow students, and it is unfair, and you're selfish. Now, when your teacher asks you a question, you look them in the eye and you answer. Not, The only person you're fooling is yourself. Your teacher is kind. Now, listen. Some of you are just phenomenally organized and others of us have to really work at it (laughs) but we ought to work at it amen then the other extreme is no flexibility at all no room for adjustment this person sometimes stays frustrated just about all the time now let me ask you a question do unexpected events rattle you then this verse is for you a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. How many believe God directs our steps? Say amen. amen. If a decision, listen carefully, if a decision is better for the whole, but inconveniences you, whether or not a decision is a good decision is not how it affects you alone. Sometimes as a leader, a leader has to make a decision that's better for the whole, even though it may not be best for certain individuals that are part of the whole. Now, can you see God's hand in that when unexpected things take place? And you say, well, I had a plan, and we're, God's going to do this, and now they, they, they changed this. And oh my, and can, you, can you see God's hand in that? That's what this verse is telling us. God directeth our steps. Amen. Let me give you, now this is super dry. This is not deep, and it's not very spiritual. But it'll help you be spiritual if you'll do what I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what you need. Four tools. And moms and dads, if you don't have these four tools in your life, you need to get them. And then you need to teach your children how to use four tools. Number one, a schedule. A schedule. A schedule. 
All right, don't raise your hand. When do you read your Bible? Do you know you know what the Bible readers just said in their in their mind? Listen, 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 everybody listen, listen. I know this is not exciting, but do you know the people the Bible readers in the room in their mind they knew exactly when they read the Bible. And some of you say, Well, I try to read it. And you don't. You know why? Because you're not scheduled. So I, I think Bible reading is important. It's not important if you don't if you don't have a time and a plan and a place where you read your Bible, you are kidding yourself. The Bible's not important to you. Look, do you know why we have church at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night? We have church at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night because we all need a time and a place to meet. It was that, I just want to go to church every time I get a chance. Then you will hardly ever go to church. But if you have time, I'm saying schedule your life. Let me give me five statements, five statements, and I'm. Here's how you schedule. Number one, make a list of your responsibilities. Here's how you schedule. Make a list of your responsibilities. I got to do my homework. I got to wash my clothes. I got to cook the meal, etc. Got to read my Bible, got to pray. Make a list of your responsibilities. Number two, put them in order of priority. What's the most important thing? What's the most important? And by the way, you set your priorities by the most important people in your life. God's the most important person in your life, so your walk with God ought to be at the top of that. Put those responsibilities in order of priority. Number three, give each one the amount of time that it needs. Now listen. If I am not, if I am not in this book and in prayer for, for for many, many, many years, my pattern has been ten hours of soul winning, ten hours of prayer, ten hours in this book right here. Now, if I am going to be able to do what God has called me to do, and I'm not doing that, it doesn't go well. Those are the things for me and my life. Now, your life is different. Your priorities are different. That's I'm supposed to give myself the Bible set to these things. So put those things in order of priority and give them the time they need. Number four, schedule a time to do it. In other words, I say give them out of time. Say, okay, you're going to uh, uh, listen. Let me challenge you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you learned to spend 30 minutes with God each day in prayer? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful? And it's been picking them out of time. I'm going to spend 15 minutes reading the Word of God. Or 10 minutes reading the Word of God. But make it important enough. Some of our folks will go to work and they'll go to work a little early and they'll sit in their car and do their Bible and their prayer time. Just by themselves. Make a little altar. They're right in there. And that's their little sanctuary. But they, they, they walk with God effectively because they have a plan. Because they schedule it. And then number five, live by your schedule. Number two, here's the second thing you need. You need a calendar. You need a calendar. Bobby Robertson was one of the most unique pastors I've ever known in my life. One of the most unique pastors I've ever lived. Pastor of that church, Gospel Light Baptist Church, thousands of people came. His whole life was in his pocket. You ever talk to Bobby Robertson? Some of you saw him. He had a pocket counter. He pulled that thing out. I mean, he lived. That was his, his life. And he didn't, he didn't have... 
smartphone. <laughs> he didn't have a computer, but he had a pocket calendar. And uh, he kept his life there. Next thing you need, number three, you need a to-do list. So a task is given you, you write it down. If you don't write it down, if you don't care enough about it to write it down, it's not going to get done. We spend our lives with good intentions. As I'm on, and, uh, and we don't get things done. And then number four, you need some kind of retrieval system, a file system. Where's your birth certificate right now? Uh, where's your will right now? Um, I know what Will Trent is right now. I see him back there. Uh, so you need you need some kind of a system, and a lot of folks do it digitally now, but you need some kind of a system where something's important to you, you have a place where you put it, where you can retrieve it when you need it. You say, well, I'm not a planner. Okay, then become one. <laughs> Plan your work, work your plan, don't get sidetracked. I think Dr. Evans is the one that said that, our college president. I think if it wasn't him, I think it was Dr. Jorgensen, the vice president. But I remember those men up on the platform. Plan your work, work your plan, don't get sidetracked. Amen? He said, well, I just that's just not my personality. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. Listen, God deserves more than us to just sort of flit our way through life, flying by the seat of our pants with no purpose and no plan and no discipline. You and I are going to stand before God one day, and the most valuable resource we have is our time. The Bible says, redeem the time, buy it back. We as men and ladies, we as young people, ought to value what God has given us and use it to its fullest for the glory of God. Amen? Faith is trusting that God uses inconveniences and unexpected obstacles to direct the steps of His children. I remember Brother House telling the story about running through the airport back in, uh, many years ago, but running through the airport as they closed the door on the plane and saying, look, i got to get on that plane. i got to have. i gotta, I got to be on that plane. I've got to speak an engagement. I've got to be. They said, sir, we cannot. We will not. And uh, he was frustrated by that traffic or something, some unexpected event. And, uh, and, he, and he missed his plane and he missed his speaking engagement. And that plane went down and everybody on board with it were killed. I wonder how many times we've been frustrated at some event in our lives and God Almighty was directing our steps and keeping us safe. Amen. Do you see God's hand directing your life? I don't think so. Then you're not looking closely enough. Verse number 10. A divine sentence is in the lips of kings, of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment, transgress means to cross a line. Judgment has to do with uh, exercising justice. King, authorities make decisions that affect people's lives. That's why young Solomon, here he is in his uh, early 20s, and he said, I give me an understanding heart. I'm, I'm going to be dealing with people that I, I I can't really relate to them. I grew up with a silver spoon. I grew up in the palace. And i got to make decisions that affect other people's lives. Please give me a heart of understanding. Give me wisdom. So a divine sentence is in the lips of the kings. Here's a simple statement. Authorities should get their answers from God. Authorities should get their answers from God. Any leader worthy of his office realizes he has but one right, and that is to say or do only that which God would have him say or do. Dad, hey, Dad, are you walking with the Lord?
Are you getting direction from your home from God? If you're not walking with the Lord and getting direction from your home from God, who is? Dad, if you're not praying, listen, there is, there is nothing, Dad, there's nothing you could do more for your family spiritually than be a man of prayer. If you're, if you're not serious about your prayer life, sir, 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 if you're not serious about your prayer life, your family is exposed. Some of you guys wouldn't think about not having a firearm in your home to protect your family, and yet you don't pray over your family. And yes, I understand we need to defend our homes and be ready and willing to defend our homes, and uh, such is the case where I live. But I got news for you. The spiritual vulnerabilities are even greater than the physical ones right now. And every home needs a leader who gets his answers from God. Amen? Gets his answers from God. Verse number 11. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. Now, he's not talking about lifting weights in the gym. Okay. So you've seen the what, the picture of justice, right? In the courtroom is Lady Justice, and and uh, she's got the blinder on her eyes, and uh, and the scale there, and that's the scales of justice, right? So in the Bible, uh, God said, He said, you use one measure for everyone, one weight. In other words, uh, somebody be dishonest, and uh, they say they were selling, you know. Uh, spices, for example. I'm going to say uh, a half pound of this certain spice, and they have a scale here, and they have a, uh, a half pound weight, and so they put this, uh, the spices on this side, they put the half pound weight on this side, and they keep putting the spices until it balances. Well, dishonest people would take a weight that was almost a half pound, not quite. And by that, they would cheat people, and God is talking about being honest. Here's the statement. Be honest in all business dealings. Very simple. Be honest in all business dealings. Hey, if somebody gives you too much change, you turn around and take it back. Do you? Y'all may remember the, 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 the name Honest Abe, right? Honest Abe. Now, I don't know if it's lore. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's uh, a story that's grown over the years, but there's Wonderful stories about Honest Abe, our 16th president, walking miles to turn a few, return a few pennies. Uh, to somebody gave him too much money, and he turned, walked miles. Uh, I know he walked several miles. I've read that he walked several miles to return a book that was borrowed. Be honest in all business dealings. Here's what he says. Look at the verse carefully. A just weight and balance are whose? The Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. Look at me. God is all about justice. He is all about justice. He, Deuteronomy 32, 4. Just and right is he a God of truth and without iniquity. And let me tell you something. You and I get turned inside out when we watch too much news about all the injustice. Be ready. Right? But one day every wrong will be made right. All that's faith will be made sight. Amen? Hey! The King of Kings is going to straighten it all out. Amen? If God is all about justice, we ought to be about justice as well. If you and I cheat a person in any way, we have offended God himself. Verse number 12. 
It is an abomination. The word abomination means extreme hatred, detest, moral defilement. That's from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It is an abomination. It is a morally def, uh, moral defilement. It is something to, to be detested. It is something to be hated with an extreme hatred. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is established by righteousness. Now, wait a minute. It's an abomination for kings to commit. I thought it was an abomination for anybody to commit wickedness. Yes, that's true. But God is making the point here that it is even more wrong for the leader to commit wickedness. Here's a statement. More is expected of leaders, and rightly so. More is expected of leaders, and rightly so. Um, Luke twelve forty eight. Remember that verse? Unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. More is expected of leaders, and rightly so. That which is wrong for anybody is especially egregious when it's committed by the leader. Why? Because of the far-reaching influence of the leader. That's why. What does the Bible say? Smite the shepherd and what? The sheep will scatter and the enemy will turn on the little ones. The higher the leadership role, the greater the expectation of integrity. And that is a right and a just thing, the Bible says. A throne is for the people who are being served. It is for the safety and security of the people. It is for a system of justice for the people. Leadership, the, the, the role or the position or title of leadership is not for the leader. It's for those whom the leader serves. Those, those whom the leader serves. It is not to ingratiate or uh, enrich the person in the position. It is an abomination when politicians use an office meant to serve the American people to line their pockets with money from our sworn enemies. It's an abomination before God. And it's an abomination... Listen, young people, listen to me carefully. If you walk with integrity and you do right, the world's going to want you. By the way, especially those of you who you know God's called you. Now, you listen to me. If you know God's called you, you can do nothing less. Do nothing less. But what's going to happen is the world's going to notice you. If you, if you look, you don't. If you just dress, get dressed. If you just simply bathe. Get dressed, like actually cover up your body, brush your teeth, comb your hair, walk out into society with a smile, look somebody in the eye and say, good morning. People go, wow, what a nice young person. Seriously? They got bathed, dressed, smiled, and said good morning. But the truth is, it is such a rare thing that people are like, wow, what a nice kid. He brushes his teeth. He doesn't frown. He looks people in the eye. Now, here's, young people, listen. Here's what I'm saying. Listen carefully. 
And I'm talking especially to those of you who have been called of God to serve him with your life. The world is going to notice you. How this has happened over these years, how many, many times this has happened. How many, many times somebody walk up and say, boy, what a nice career. That's a, you're young people. I've been watching the way they behave themselves, and they're really special. Listen, they're just being decent. They're just being what they ought to be. But the young people, listen to me. Because of that, the world is going to notice you. And the devil is going to do everything he can to try to sidetrack you and get you going another direction with your life. And it won't be long until he'll drop an opportunity in front of you. It may not be a wrong opportunity. It might be a good opportunity, as the world calls a good opportunity. And pretty soon you're going to convince yourself, well, you know, I just made an emotional decision back there. And it really, you know. Now listen, don't you forget your calling. Don't you forget your calling. God expects more, and rightfully so, of those who are in leadership. One more. Verse 13. Last one. This is so good. I've got to get to you. And it's short. Righteous lips are the delight of kings. This, this goes to what we're, I was just saying. Righteous lips, lips that speak right things, are the delight of kings, those in authority. And they love him that speaketh right. Young people, look at me again. Look at me again. You, you, the world, your boss, people in leadership, people who are successful in life, people they will notice a young person who knows how to talk. Young people, look at me. Look at me. You say, well, I, I understand that life stages have their own challenges. And, and coming in from childhood into, into those what we call teenage years, which that's not even a Bible word, but those middle years, so to speak, it's just a lot of awkwardness. I understand that. I get that. And, 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 and maybe we pick on you a little too much. But can I tell you something? If you... If you will live for others, if you will look, look at, please listen to what I'm saying right now. Please, I am trying my best to help you. And if you're not listening, I can't help you. Please, do not make your life about yourself. There ought not be one child in the youth department of Bailey's Grove Baptist Church or one child in Bailey's Grove Baptist School that does not know that they have a group of people. I'm talking about their peers, not just their leaders, a group of peers who are a friend to them. Every child that comes to them, how awkward they are. But listen to me, young people, you're, you will start to enjoy life when you forget about yourself and, and think about others. Will you stop trying to get attention the wrong way? It's not the way to get attention. Talking to people like you got a mouth full of marbles is not the way to get attention. Boom, boom. How you doing? You will delight kings if you know how to speak, right? If you can say, yes, sir, I'll be glad to. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I get that for you? Can I help you? I, I just, everybody ought to be that way, but young people especially. 
Here, here's, a, here's a thought. Can we be trusted to say the right thing? Can we be trusted to say the right thing? Righteous lips are the delight of kings. <laughs> Daniel was just a young man. He's a teenage lad when he was taken from his homeland. But he ended up serving probably, the Bible records four of them, and the, the history books record several more. Some of them, I imagine, were co-region and so forth. But at least six kings. Daniel served at least six kings and three empires. And here's what they said about him. These are unsaved people speaking about Daniel. The wisdom of the gods was found in him. They didn't know the source of Daniel's wisdom, but they knew he had it. (laughs) Pharaoh said to Joseph, this this young man, 30-year-old young man, there's none so discreet and wise as thou art. You will influence great leaders if you come to be known as one who always says the right thing, not the popular thing, the right thing. I went over this in chapel a few weeks ago, and parents, I thought I'd finish with this tonight. It's a little thought, and I taught your children what they do, what they ought to do when someone at the school misbehaves. We have, as a part of our honor code, a Bailey's Grove Baptist School honor code, and and and, that, and we barred it. We got it. We got it from the U.S. Air Force Academy Honor Code. And uh, ours is just uh, modified just a little bit, but this is the basis of it. U.S. Air Force Academy. This is the Cadet Honor Code. We will not lie, steal, or cheat, nor tolerate among us anyone who does. That's pretty good, isn't it? We will not lie, steal, or cheat, nor tolerate among us anyone who does. Now look at me. Listen to me. Listen, young people, can you be trusted to say the right thing? Are you listening? Are you listening? Parents, here's what I've taught your kids to do if they're in our school. And by the way, same thing applies to the youth department. The whole youth. You see somebody doing wrong? You go to them. Say, hey, man, come on. We don't do that here. Come on. Let's not do that. Come on. Now, if you do the right spirit, the Bible said you which are spiritual restore such a one. If you go with a haughty spirit, like you're the most spiritual person in the room, you're going to get rejected and you ought to get rejected. But if you do what Galatians 6 says and you go with humility and you say, hey, you know, we're not supposed to do that. Bro, he said we're not supposed to have our phones out. Come on. That's stupid. Come on, man. Now, what I've encouraged our, our our young people to do, if you see something that's not right, you you look so. The right kind of influence used in the right way can make a huge difference. Now, listen. If it's a serious matter, if it's a serious matter, you you go to him and say, "Hey, hey, hey, man, we don't." You know we don't do that right here. I don't care. I don't, look, you're not, you're not supposed to have that here. I'm talking about a serious matter. I'm talking about somebody showing a dirty picture. I'm talking about somebody has something in their book bag not supposed to have. And and it's absolutely against what we are and what we stand for. And you, here's what you say. You say, listen, you need to let Mr. Cook know. You need to let Brother Hamilton know. You need to tell the leader what, what you just did. What you just said. You need to tell him. I ain't going to tell him. And here's what you do very kindly. You say, okay. I'm going to tell him for you then. Now, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. 
and give you a chance to do the right thing. But if you don't do the right thing, we're not going to let that in our youth group. Our youth group's not about that. Our school's not about that. So you got till tomorrow, and if you don't do it tomorrow, I'm going to do it for you. Now listen, I ask you a question. Do you have the courage, young person, to do that? Do you care enough about truth and righteousness and what God has given us here to do that? Let me tell you something. A handful of young people who have that kind of courage can take a whole group of people. I, listen, you know where Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from? Daniel. <laughs> That's where they came from. Those guys are pretty well known, aren't they? Where'd you get that kind of courage? From a young man who said, I will not defile myself. Let's stand together, shall we?